word, a picture, or a so God is saying something this morning. Um, and for those that are visiting and for those who may just not understand uh, what happened there, and we say it all the time, we explain it, that in the New Testament, in the church that Jesus Christ established, that he is given his Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that if you have come to a point of accepting Christ into your life, and by that, we mean that you've come to a point in your life where you've said, I was going this direction. Now I'm going this direction. I'm following Jesus now. So if we have come to a point of making that decision in our life and we've asked God to come into our life and show us that path, then he gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does a whole bunch of different things in our life. But one of the things, when a group of Christians get together, God can speak. He can actually speak. And there's a couple of ways that he speaks. Uh, sometimes it's a prophetic word of knowledge where someone will stand up and say uh, something like Heather did or something like Bill did. Or you could actually have something else where God will use this thing called tongues, the gift of tongues. And why God does it, I don't know. I don't know why he does it, but he does. And what happens is he will put somebody else in that congregation at that time who is listening to that tongue and will get a sense of what's being said. Some will just sit and listen to it and you won't get anything from it. But God will put it on somebody else and say, this is what I'm trying to say this morning through this. And uh, the miraculous thing about tongues is that very, very, very often uh, the language that is being spoken is a, is a natural earthly language. The Apostle Paul says sometimes it is the language of angels and then sometimes it is actually an earthly language. And many of us in this room have had instances where tongues have been spoken like we did recently a couple months ago where a tongue was spoken like uh, Margaret just did. And there was someone here who spoke Spanish and said part of that message was in Spanish. And the person doesn't speak Spanish. Why God uses that? Who knows? But what it causes us to be obedient and he wants to say something to us this morning. So the, the first thing he's saying, and it's really wonderful because God knows what's going on in your life. I don't. Um, and so he comes down in the service and gives these words because he wants to speak to the things that are happening immediately in our life. And he has a wonderful way of hitting two or three different things at a time. Uh, this morning he's saying patience and waiting. Patience and waiting. Is there anything more difficult that we are ever going to do in our life than be patient and wait? It is something our society absolutely will not have anything to do with. We want it now. We paid for it now. We want it now. And we'll be tied if it doesn't come right now. And we see what happens in traffic. We had it on our sign a while ago. You, <laughs> who you really are is who you are in traffic. That is who you really are. Nice in church and everything's nice. And then you get in the middle of traffic and then the real you comes flying out. And, uh, and sometimes it ends up in court. Uh, sometimes it can end up with broken things. And I was with a friend of mine and his, or in his car, and I, his phone was broken. I said, what happened? And he said, I threw it. 
He was in traffic, and he just got, and he just threw the phone, and he broke his phone. Uh, hopefully not all the consequences are that light, but nonetheless, we are who we are when we're under pressure. That's who we are. Uh, you're only as good as your worst night. You really are. You're only as good as you react in the tough situations. And God sometimes, uh, some of the toughest situations, is waiting. How many this morning are waiting for something? You're waiting for something. Something very specific that we can say, I've been waiting. Some people have been waiting decades. Some people have been waiting for their children to come around the bend and wake up. Uh, some are waiting for the right person to come into their life, the right door to open, the right spiritual experience. Hey, we're all waiting for something. And sometimes what happens is we can get a little bit on in years and we can say, well, obviously it's not going to happen. You know, you get up around 70, you're going to go, well, I don't know, right? You're looking for a husband or a wife and you're 70, right? And you're going, well, it's obviously not going to happen. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it will happen. And God is speaking into our situations this morning and saying, I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you're getting impatient about, but God is saying, hey, I'm on time. I will do it, and I am working now. And this is one of the great mysteries. It's one of the great difficulties of being a people of faith. We're not a people of knowing. We're a people of faith. God called us to have a relationship with him based on faith, believing, not knowing there's probably the bulk of what we are walking in with Christ is a very difficult period of unknowing. We don't know where the answer is. We don't know where God is in this. We don't know what to do. We don't know what is coming. And this can make us do some very wrong things. If we don't stop, back up and wait. Be still and know that I am God. I don't know how many times I've prayed this. Over the last year, be still. Keith, you don't see it because you don't have to see it. And it, God will show up when he has something he needs to say to us. And when, like he did this morning, but in our personal lives, what he has for us will happen. Now, the only, th what's, what could stop that? Well, if there's disobedience going on, if there's disobedience in our life, that can stall the, the plan of God. Uh, it's absolutely the truth that probably for most of us, there is stuff that God wanted to do 10 years ago. But we just weren't in the place of obedience to allow the right things to happen so that it would come. As we get older, who, I mean, we do get a little bit wiser as we get older, hopefully. I mean, it's w probably the only benefit of getting older is that you at least get some wisdom. You get some ability to go, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to go down that road again. I'm not going to react that way again. And so sometimes God has to wait 40 years and take you through like he did with Moses. Moses was 40 years old. He gets out of Egypt. It's 40 years in the desert. You know the story. He's tending sheep. This is a guy who went from the, the courts of Pharaoh, and God had to put him into this 40-year excursion uh, with sheep. And uh, I drove through that area when we were in Egypt, drove through it. There's nothing fun about that area. It's, uh, there's nothing pretty. There's not a green thing to be found. And so sometimes the waiting 
in the barren times is very hard. Um, but I know that God's speaking this morning. Just from what I was thinking downstairs, I know God's speaking. And he's saying, listen, I have everything that I had intended to have for you. I have it for you. Just wait. But also the idea of obedience. It's very important in times of waiting. It's just good due diligence to say, Father, is there anything that I'm doing that is interfering and stopping your blessing from coming in to my life? And you might be surprised what he'll say. The small little thing it might be that you're not doing this or you are doing this or just some small thing. It's amazing how a small thing can be a big thing with God. So it's really important this morning, if God is putting his finger on the waiting and having patience and saying, I'm going to show up, well, he's gonna, his intention is to show up. It is not God's intention that you do not receive what it is that are your heart's desires. God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, the, you know, the explanation on that is, what are the desires of our heart? We gotta, sometimes the desires of our heart are not very good, right? Uh, they're murderous, uh, they're hateful, they're jealous, they're envious, they're slanderous. Uh, the Bible says that the heart is despicably wicked. So obviously that's not the heart God's talking about. What he's talking about is that heart that comes through knowing him and that voice within us. And there is a desire in all of us to be used by our dad. You see kids with their fathers or their mothers, and they're always getting in the way, trying to help. And they're knocking things over, and, but their, their intention is they want to help. They just want to get in there and help their dad, help their mom, and things end up on the floor, and things get broken and knocked over, and, and, and that's us. We do. We try to get in and help God do what he's going to do. Oh, we're going to go save the world. And you get out there and actually you're causing more problems than not sometimes. But God understands that. And we just need to say to him, Dad, is there anything I'm doing? Is there anything I am doing that is stopping your divine and perfect will from happening in my life? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a, a moment here. And we're going to ask God to reveal to us, is there anything? Now, don't get all condemned when it happens. God's not showing it to you so he can condemn you. He's showing it to us so that we can get free of it, go around it, and then get closer to his purpose and plan for our life. Because I guarantee you, God has a very definitive plan for our lives. It's not like we come on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday through Saturday, he just doesn't think about us. He has a very definitive plan. And so we're just going to take a minute here. Just bow your heads. And Father, we just pray right now. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would bring to our knowledge anything that we are believing, anything that we are saying, anything that we are doing that is stopping the full measure of your plan and blessing in my life. It could be a picture. It could be one word. It could be a piece of scripture. 
anything that God uses to give you an indication. There you go. You can say it out if you want, but if not, you can just stand and we're going to pray for these things. Lack of discipline. There's a big one. How many relate to lack of discipline? Holy, right? Yeah. So if anybody's got anything, just want you to stand. And we're just going to pray this stuff out. Father, you see your people standing. And the reason we're standing, Father, is because we are willing. That's what standing means. It means that we have come to attention. We have come to honor you with our obedience, even if it's just standing, to recognize that you are speaking. So, Father, for all of us that are standing here today and have those things that, Father, are in the way, those things that we want to have you take out of the way, we start that process today by giving it to you. We give it to you, Father God. And we ask, Father God, that any attachments we have to it would be broken in Jesus' name, that any kind of wound that it comes from would be healed, any kind of lie that has been told to us or that we're believing that's causing us to have these things, we ask, Father God, that you bring your truth into it today. And, Father, we release these things to you in Jesus' name. And, Father, I pray right now that angels would come and do warfare, would do that cleansing, would do that changing in the lives of your people who've stood here today. Father, and we thank you for this, and we do it in faith, and we believe you're here, and we, we believe something is going to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's another thing, what Tony said, so uh, uh, jives with what I was getting before the service. Today is the day of salvation. That we don't know. I kept on getting the word change. Something's got to change. I don't know who God's speaking to. He might be speaking to all of us. Because I'm sure there's stuff in all of us that need to change. But some people's need for change is a little bit more important. A little bit more an emergency. Because God knows the number of our days. We don't. There is this cavalier attitude we have about life that we just, oh, you just get in your car and you drive down the highway and you just think I'm going to my friends in Napa's Valley and uh, you're in a car accident. Never saw that coming. Didn't know you were getting up that morning, putting your shoes and your pants on and getting dressed for eternity. Never meant, never came in the mind. I don't think there's anyone who's died by a heart attack or whatever it might be who said, well, I saw that coming. Totally ready for that. You know, it's a surprise. Life has all kinds of them. And God knows our days. And something, you know it, and God knows it, that something has to change in your life. I just have such a sense that it is a very urgent thing. That something has to change. The way uh, the life was lived before today has got to change. God is here today, and he has you here today, whoever he may be speaking to, saying, you know something's got to change. You know your life is not what it needs to be. You know your life is not what it should be, and you know your life is not what it could be. And you know that you are avoiding God, 
and you need to change. Strong stuff. Life is, and death, very strong issues. God is, see, most people have this kind of, oh, this is all there is. You get your, come and get your groceries and you go home and watch TV and you turn on Netflix and this is what life is. God knows that this is just a whisper. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. We've had too many (laughs) proofs and indications and every major culture in the world has some kind of a theology, some kind of a myth system around the fact that there is something after we die. We are the first generation in the West who has played around with the idea of atheism because theology gets in the way of having a good time. So they just say there is no God. He doesn't exist. Therefore, I can do whatever I want, and I will be my own Lord. I will be my own God. I will say what is right. I will say what is good for me. I will say what is going to be and what is not going to be, and we have what we have outside the, the, you know, we have what we have. That's what that looks like. So God is saying, you can continue walking on that road. You can continue going that road if you want, because God is a gentleman. He will not come and grab you by the scruff of the neck and, and scream at you, even though I think he's screaming pretty loud today. But if you insist on living life your way instead of the way God wants you to live it, then that there's nothing he can do about that because the only people who spend eternity without God are people who de- are determined to do it. They are determined to do it. Bill and I were talking about this before service. It's not like some person like has a heart attack and they just get in front of God and go, what, heaven, hell, Jesus, I didn't know anything about, oh, no, you're going to hell. That's no. The people who are away from God for eternity are there because they have had an opportunity. They have been in the circumstance where they have felt either their heart, their conscience, or something drawing them to a righteous way of living and said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hate. I'm going to fight. I'm going to get everything I can get. I'm going to walk on anyone I have to do to get it. That is. That is the stuff that God says they'll open the books in the end and he will judge according to what we have done. And you say, well, no, we believe in Jesus. It's, it's what we believe. What you believe will come out through what you do. Like, and y- that's why the Bible says there's going to be people stand in front of God and say, well, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do all these miracles in your name? And he's going to say, no, I didn't know you. I don't know you. Because the stuff that he was really asking us to do, love, gentleness, forgiveness, long-suffering, tolerance, mercy, generosity, all this stuff, that will tell us whether or not we are following Christ. Getting up and prophesying and preaching is the easiest thing in the world to do. Anyone can do it. Hitler was great at it, and it didn't save him. And so God is saying today, 
And it's not that we, the, whoever he's speaking to, you know, this is not news to you. You know that God has been saying, this has got to change. And if you don't change, then it's only going to get worse. And God will do all kinds of things. He'll make our, our health break down. He'll make our social structures break down. Everything we are depending on, he will break it down so that we might, we might turn around and say, Father, I need you. I need you. But the scriptures are full of evidence, especially Book of Revelation, about all the things that are coming on the earth. And what do the people say that it's happening to? In the end, they say, let the rocks and the cliffs fall on us, and they're cursing the God who caused it. Instead of saying, there's something wrong here. Oh, boy, we are living wrong here. There's something wrong. It's amazing what we will do in our defiance of God. I don't understand it. I, I don't understand it. But you, many of you have walked with Jesus for quite a long time. And you know that we do not always do what God wants us to do. It's an amazing thing within us that causes us to constantly yearn to go back to Egypt. And by that, for those who don't understand that statement, the, the Egyptians or the Jews, when God brought them out of Egypt and was bringing them to the promised land, right? He had a plan. There was a place he wanted to take them. But they halfway through were starting to say, we'd rather go back to Egypt because it was pleasurable there. Even though they were in slavery, they wanted the pleasures of the food and uh, the safety and security of it instead of being out in the desert following God and not knowing what was going on. Sound familiar? That's where he has most of us most of the time. Be still and know that I'm God. Follow me. I've got a plan. I'm with you. You just trust me. Just keep going. But so God is speaking to us as people of faith this morning and saying, be patient. I'm with you. This is going to come through. Don't give up. There's a, there's a place, there's a time, and it's, it's going to be okay. He also is saying, check yourself. See if there's anything that's actually hindering that. Good due diligence. The Holy Spirit, if that's an act of sanctification. And then he's saying that for those that know that there needs to be change, today is the day of change. For some reason, God has made that very clear, that something has got to change or it will be too late. Father, we thank you for what you're saying today. And Father, for whoever it is that you are speaking to this morning, Father, I pray that you would cause them to say, I agree, it does have to change. My life has to change. And I want you to change it, Father. I've tried everything I can try. I've done everything I can do. I've made a lifetime of mistakes. And I now want to give my life to you to make the change that needs to happen in my life. And that change is the change to follow you. So, Father, whoever you're speaking to today, Father, let us release our life to you. And say, yes, I will make that change. I will make that change, Father. Holy Spirit, you're doing this for one reason. 
It's because you love us. Every single person here, you love, Father. You desperately, deeply, fanatically love. And you are pleading for them to come home. And, Father, today we say yes in our spirits. We say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the, the church, I don't know what God's doing. All I know is that we get together on Sundays and God shows up. And he says very distinct things. I don't know. I've never been in church services like this. Like, uh, I'm glad I am now. But the, the richness in which God is speaking to the individual in this congregation is pretty amazing. Um, how many feel that God spoke to you personally, directly this morning? How many? Beautiful. You can't ask for more than that. Except sweets. I <laughs> know <laughs> that is a segue. Yeah, we, we have the bake sale after service today. Um, uh, let's go into the offering. Let's uh, do the offering. You know how... Um. I have a, a stepdaughter who has one daughter. Uh, we are not close. At 22, she developed stage four brain cancer, the same time as Ted Kennedy did. At 30, she was totally declared that she was cancer-free, so she left home. Um, she took chemo and she had MRIs, same as, you know, continuously. Then she took uh, 33. She's 33 now, so it's three years since she's left home. And she took a stroke. And while she's in the hospital, they discovered there's some kind of a growth on her heart. And that's the last thing that I, as a family member, you know, who is not close, has heard. I pray for that child every night, and I, her name is Beverly, and I would like everybody here to give a prayer for that young lady that she has a little bit more life left. She's since 22, she's been suffering a lot, and I, I do pray, but I think we need more prayer. Thank you. Father, we pray for Beverly. Uh, Lord, we don't understand sometimes the road. We don't understand it. But, Father, we were made aware this morning of Beverly. And, Father, we pray that, Lord, her road would change. Her life would change. Her future would change. We just pray change over her right now and healing. And that we would be hearing down the road about that change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have uh, a bake sale, and Agnes and everybody is going to uh, 